0: A young man was applying for a job as a policeman and in his interview, he was asked a number of questions. One of those questions was what would you do to disperse a mob that had gathered? The would be rookie policeman thought for a moment and then he gave his answer. He said, I would start to take up an offering. Now I think sometimes that might not be such a bad answer especially when you look at the attendance in church during the, uh, the Sunday in which we're trying to raise the budget for the coming year. I hope you all know by now that since Easter is over, the next thing we do is focus on stewardship and seek to underwrite the budget for the coming church year. Next Sunday is Commitment Sunday. Commitment Sunday. Commitment. Now that might seem like a strange word, in our world today, a world in which most people are not really committed to anything except themselves, not committed to their home, their family, their marriage, their church, their world, their nation. But they're only committed to themselves and what they want. Well, wait a minute, you say, preacher, I'm not sure I agree with you. I don't agree with that. I think people are committed. They're concerned about a lot of things. I think people are concerned about uh, what's on their mind. They're concerned about what's going on in our world. But now listen carefully to the words we're using here. I'm talking about commitment. He's talking about concern. And there's a huge difference between commitment and concern. People are concerned about a lot of things. We're concerned about our homes, our families, our marriages, We're concerned about economics, unemployment, uh, how to pay our bills every month. We're concerned about COVID, cancer, and other diseases. We're concerned about world peace, world hunger, the poor, the homeless. We're concerned about the church. But how many people are more than just concerned? How many people are truly committed to doing something about that which they are concerned. When we're young, and even when we're older, there's a big difference between dating somebody and actually getting married. Likewise, there is a big difference between being concerned about something and actually being committed to do something about it. One of my good friends years ago, a lawyer, was considering entering a race for a county judge position. He solicited a lot of his friends who told him they thought he should run. They said, by all means, enthusiastically, they said, yes, you should run and, and we will support you. But then he talked to an older, wiser friend who had a lot more experience in political campaigns. And he wisely told them there's a big difference between people who say they will support a candidate and those who actually get out and vote for that candidate. And usually, in such a case, there is more verbal concern than there is actual commitment. Take another example the problems, the challenges that we're facing here in our city of Nashville, Tennessee. Problems like public education, transportation, the cost of utilities, the problems of crime, property taxes, homelessness, uh, teenage crime that's on such a big rise. You name it, whatever the issue might be, you'll find that there is a big difference between people being concerned about it and really being committed to doing something about it. We all talk about it. We're all concerned about it. But how many people actually get involved in order to try and do something about it? The same thing is true in the area of church and religion. In our scripture lesson this morning, the New Testament writer James clearly points out the difference between faith and works, the difference between those who profess faith in Jesus Christ, and those who actually live out a Christian life of good works. James says even the devil believes in God. There's also a big difference between those who who just belong to a church, who are members of a church, names on a church membership roster, and those who are truly committed and assume responsibility for the strength and the welfare of Christ's church. Would any of us want to live in a community where there wasn't a church? I don't think so. Do we love the church of Jesus Christ? Of course we do. Do we need and want what the church has to offer? A loving, caring community, teaching wisdom and truth, the opportunity to help the suffering and the needs of others, teaching our children what life is all about? Without a question, we want those things. Do we need the salvation of Jesus Christ, which is taught to us and comes to us through the life of the church? Yes, of course we do. Will we give our money to make that church possible? Well, wait a minute, wait a minute. That's something else. That requires more than just concern. It calls for commitment. As members of the church, and specifically for us, Woodmont Christian Church, how many of us are concerned about the elderly and the homebound? We all are. But how many of us do something about them, like go to visit them or or send them cards on a regular basis? How many of us are concerned about the sick? We all are, but how many of us go to visit them in the hospitals or in the nursing homes or rehab centers? How many of us are concerned about Bible study? All of us are, but how many of us attend a weekly Bible study class? How many of us are concerned about our youth and our children? We all are. I mean, we know they're the future of our church, but how many have actually are committed and involved to do something about it by being a youth group sponsor or helping them in their fundraising projects or driving them uh, on trips that they take or to summer camp? How many of us are concerned about the church property, our buildings and our grounds? All of us are, that's for sure. We never hesitate to point out when a place needs cleaning, a bathroom needs cleaning, or weeds in the yard need pulling, or some wall needs painting, or the carpeting is worn out in a certain place. But how many of us are committed enough to do something about it? I still chuckle when I think years ago, when I was heading into the sanctuary one Sunday morning to lead worship And a member stopped me at the door and said, do you know there's a piece of a donut in the stairwell that leads up here to the sanctuary? There was also Bob Champer, a member of the church. We were having trouble with leaks in the church roofs. And without talking to anybody, Bob Champer showed up at the church one day with his truck, a ladder, and a bucket of roofing tar and began to patch the leaks. How many of us are concerned about the church budget for this coming year? All of us know that inflation works on the church budget just like it does our own personal budgets. The cost of utilities, the cost of insurance premium, service contracts, um, office supplies, everything we use in the church keeps going up little by little. And all of us would love to have more money to develop our programs for our children and our youth, as well as for our senior citizens and our homebound members. Most of us have a real consciousness about giving more for community service and for mission and for outreach. So all of us are definitely concerned about next year's budget. But how many of us will do something about it next Sunday and give turn in a pledge card to help underwrite that needed operating budget for another year. During the year, we all express concern about what the church does or doesn't do, both positive and negative comments that we make. But will we go beyond those concerns and truly express our commitment next Sunday morning? True faith and commitment are really one and the same thing. It's just like James says in our scripture today about how faith without works is not really faith at all. It is dead and it is useless. Did Moses say to the Lord, Yes, Lord, I'm concerned about my people being in slavery down there in Egypt, but man, don't ask me to do anything about it. Did Noah say to the Lord, Yeah, Lord, I'm concerned about the sins of the earth, but I'm not going to build a big boat. I don't even like to sail. Did David say, here I am, Lord, use me. Just don't send me out against that giant Goliath. Did Jesus say, yes, you are my father, God, but I won't bear the cross. Did you say, yes, I believe I am yours. I love your church, but don't ask me to make a pledge next Sunday or at least not a very big one. Look again at our scripture lesson this morning from the second chapter of James. In verse 14, it doesn't say that we should prove our faith by talking about it, but by our deeds, by our good works, by helping others. What's the use of saying it if you're not doing it? In us, in this church, would you say the word of God has become flesh incarnate? Or would you say the word of God has just become words In verse 20, James says, believing is useless without doing. Words are useless without deeds. Intention are useless without actions. Concern is useless without commitment. The one thing this New Testament writer James couldn't stand, and maybe that's why I like him so well, uh, is profession without practice, words without deeds, concern, without commitment. Suppose, he says in verse 15, that you have a friend who is in need of food and clothing. And suppose that friend comes to you for help and you say to him, well, goodbye, God bless, stay warm and eat hearty. And then you don't give him anything, any food or any clothing. What good does that do, he says. In verse 20, James says, Faith is completed by deeds. Believing is completed by doing. Words are completed by actions. Concern is completed by commitment. If you love history like I do, particularly uh, Christian history and the history of the church, you probably have heard of a man named John Wesley who was one of the fathers of Protestantism, particularly the Methodist branch of the Protestant church, Wesley clearly pointed out how so many people get actively involved in the life of the church, but they never really truly discover the gift of God's grace in their lives. There is no example that we can find of John Wesley ever inviting people to accept Jesus Christ on the spot. Contrary to what most churches do today, he never begged and pleaded for people to come down the aisle, especially in a moment of of emotional excitement. Instead, he would preach the gospel, and then he would invite those who were interested to attend a membership class or a discipleship class. And those classes were always held late in the evening after the night worship service or very early in the morning, sometimes as early as 5 a.m., It really showed him who was sincere about what they wanted to do. That they weren't just concerned about being a Christian, they were committed to following Jesus. Even then, when people would come to his classes, Wesley would say that they were just converted. They weren't awakened. And he felt that nine out of ten of those who were awakened would fall asleep Before ever being converted, how many of us today, even in the church, are just awakened? And how many of us are truly converted? Now, let's look at one final word about the difference between concern and commitment. Concern will never really be reflected by what you do, commitment is reflected by what you do. True commitment determines our behavior. We make our decisions about how we spend our time, what our priorities are. We use our talents, our energy, our resources on those things to which we're truly committed. And if, for example, a man is committed to making money and that's his chief goal in life, then everything he thinks about and everything he does will reflect that commitment And if on a Thursday night, for example, he has the choice between attending his son's baseball game or having dinner with a wealthy client, you know which he will pick. If he's really committed to family as the most important thing, then you know he will make a different choice altogether. If we're committed to materialism or pleasure or politics or social status, those things will determine our behavior and our priorities. If we are committed to God, that too will determine our behavior. And if we are committed to God, to Jesus Christ, to the church and its mission in this world, not just concerned, but truly committed, then the decision has already been made as to where we will be and what we will do next Sunday morning on what we call Commitment Sunday. Concern will not really affect our behavior, but commitment will. I wanna close by sharing with you another little story that's rather interesting, particularly at this time of the year, Uh, even though April 15th has been moved back to May 15th, we're kinda in between those two dates. But it's about an IRS worker who was talking with one of his friends He said, the other day I checked an income tax return that was rather strange. Some guy who had an income of under $70,000 claimed that he gave $8,400 to a church. And sure, he was within the 20% limit, but it seemed rather suspicious to me. So I dropped by and I asked the guy about his return. I thought he would become nervous like most people do, but he didn't. Have you got a receipt from the church, I asked, feeling that this might make him squirm a little. Sure, he replied. I always have it. I put them right here in the drawer, and he pulled out a bunch of receipts and canceled checks to the church. Well, he had me. One look, and I knew that he was on the level. I apologized for bothering him. I explained that I just had to check on deductions that seemed unusually high. And as I was leaving the man invited me to come to his church. And I said, well, no thanks, I've got my own church. And he said, oh, well, I'm sorry, that possibility didn't occur to me. As I drove home, I kept wondering about what he meant. And it wasn't until the next Sunday, Commitment Sunday at my church, as I laid my pledge card at the foot of the cross, that it finally came to me. I wonder what the IRS agents would think about members of Woodmont Christian Church. Will any of us be audited because of our commitment to Jesus Christ?